Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all the meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups. Delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. We are picking up where we left off. We are on Girls Next Door Season 1, Episode 8, A Midsummer Night's Dream. We're talking about the Midsummer Night's Dream Party. We're talking about Anastasia's makeover. Bridget, do you remember where we left off? Yeah, uh, we were talking about the Painted Ladies. Like We were in the um, basement, in the gym, talking to the Painted Ladies, and the one girl was saying that she was going to try and follow in in Kendra's footsteps, and Kendra's like, hmm. No. (laughs) Did we talk about Tiffany Lang? I forgot if we did or not. No, we have not. Okay, Tiffany Lang was the other painted lady who was working the same night. Well, there were plenty of painted ladies, but she was the other one we were talking to that same night we first met Kendra in like 2004. And when we were thinking that, oh, one of these people might want to join the group, we kind of thought Tiffany. And I'm just looking at this footage. Tiffany looks so good. Mm-hmm. I just think she's so pretty, and I'm surprised she was never a playmate. I'm surprised, too. Like, I know why, when I worked at the studio, like, I didn't, like, backtrack and try to go find her. It's just because I wasn't really looking for blondes. But I feel like every other time period, they were totally looking for five million blondes, and I'm shocked she wasn't a playmate. And she wasn't your typical platinum blonde, either. She was much darker. Yeah, blonde. and she had just this really pretty smile. She's so pretty. Yeah, I Natural. thought she was really cute. Um, so then, the, but then that was kind of the end of that scene where we left off. But wait, I have one yeah. last thing to add. So how shocked do you think the painted ladies were when they found out that their nudity was not blurred on the DVDs and an international girls next door? That's interesting because I feel like, or maybe it's just because the way it looks like, maybe you don't actually feel that way when you're mm-hmm. painted, but they look dressed. Like they do look like they're wearing lingerie. They do kind of, but I still feel like I wonder if they were shocked. Yeah. Because if they thought, oh, the cameras are for E, then, you know, of course it's going to be blurred. Right. And then somebody's like, oh, hey, I bought this DVD and I see your crotch crack. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I don't know. It would be a good question to ask somebody. Yeah. Look this girl up and ask her. We need to have a painted lady come on the show. That would be fun. That would be fun. They could tell us all about the experience. Mm Mm-hmm. So the next was the next scene where I'm walking around with a cloth over my head. Yes, yes, yes. It says, um, and, and it, over the top of it, it says Holly's running behind on um, finding a midsummer. You're talking about being running behind on um, finding a midsummer's outfit, and you're wearing that piece of material over your head, and um, and you knock on my door, and it's crazy because I like they have me yelling out, "Come in" or something uh-huh. like that, but it's only Anastasia in my room. Oh, I made a note here that everything in that scene seems. Frankenbited. Yes. Everything is weird. So I'm walking around with this piece of like sheer fabric over my head. And I had really wanted to like take time to make like a really pretty, really special Midsummer Night's Dream outfit. But I just found out that I didn't have time to do it because we were so busy during this time period because not only do we have all the regular social obligations we have with Hef, you know, being a girlfriend, but we were also filming the show full time. And we were also filming stuff that you 
don't ever see on the show or mm-hmm. won't show until they order more episodes. So, and we were doing our first pictorial and just all this stuff. And I was still in real estate school. So we were just so busy that I don't know where I thought I was going to find the time to make an outfit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole scene is sort of weird. Like you walk in and Anastasia's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And you try to steal Winnie. I say that in quotes if you're not watching. And um, you make a comment about Duke and Winnie's wedding in that scene. But don't doesn't that come way later? Well, I think I was just joking at the time, like, oh, I'm trying to steal Winnie, so I tried to marry her off to Duke. But we do later on, I think in, like, season four, have them go on a date for Valentine's Day in my golf cart. (laughs) (laughs) And then you made a comment, I'm the ghost of the Playboy Mansion, and that got me thinking. I want to be a ghost at the Playboy Mansion later on. <laughs> oh my God. I want to be a ghost somewhere, but not that. Not that. Place. My boyfriend's a paranormal investigator and I always think like if I die first, he's not going to get left alone. Like it's going to be so bad. Like have fun dating, bro. Because. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, I want to be able to go different places, but the mansion's one of the spots that I want to go to. Well, I mean, we might not ever get a chance to see what they do with it, so you might have to haunt it. It's true. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I just wanted to stop and say, because at this moment while I was watching it, Uh I was having a really fun time with this episode. Oh, watching it or filming it back in the day? Watching it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like while I was watching it, I was like, this is, I'm just having so much fun. It just kind of made me nostalgic for everything Uh at this moment. Like nostalgic for just like walking down the hall and hanging out, you know, or like you're just coming to my room and hanging with my sister and. Well, getting ready before the parties was one of the most fun times, I thought. Yeah. And you know what? They don't show it at all in this episode. I'm sure we're going to get to that, Mm -hmm. but they don't show it at all here. That's weird because isn't Laurent in it? Yeah. Huh. And I think that maybe, well, I'll wait till we get to it because it's it's coming up. But the next scene is um, I take Anastasia to the salon uh-huh. and I have Winnie with me. And I'm thinking, why do I have Winnie with me? Because it's very strange. I don't usually like take her to the salon and like all my errands or anything like that with me. Maybe you have like a vet appointment right after or something. Possibly. I think what's happening is Laurent wanted to see her, maybe. Oh, that makes sense. And so I just thought, oh, well, I'm just dropping Anastasia off, so I'll bring yeah. Winnie and he can see her and stuff, because he's holding her a lot uh-huh. during the scene. But I thought it was really weird. And then it's just like even seeing Laurent, and I still go to Laurent, by the way, but uh-huh. like just just like that whole time period and that yeah. whole thing and stuff. And then and the hair extension guy, and Laurent says, blonde, she need to be blonde. <laughs> That's so funny. I also noticed that they, speaking of frankenbiting, they add audio of Laurent going, voila, but they layer it over a footage of him with a completely closed mouth. <laughs> so it's just like you hear Laurent's voice, voila, but he's standing there like, with no mouth open or movement or anything. (laughs) That's funny. And he says, I want a big makeover. And Anastasia says, I do too. I want a big makeover. Yeah. I love Laurent. I do too. And then he rocks me out and he says, leave your sister. She's in good hands. Oh, do you want to know something funny I heard? Somebody hit me up in my DMs and said that they used to work at the Jose Ebert salon. And they said that after the recruiter got kicked out, she called and she said she still wanted to come there. But they had to, like, make sure that she was never there at the same time as me. Like, she made a big stink about it. Oh, she made the stink (laughs) about it. Oh, my gosh. So funny. 
ah, so she didn't want to run into you. Yeah. You would think it'd be the other way around, that you were like, I don't want her here when I'm here. Well, I think I just assumed that she wouldn't be back because that was a really expensive salon. I just, it just didn't occur to me that anybody would still go there. Right. After leaving the mansion. And then they make this hair extension day look like it's the day of the party. And I just want to tell people, like, extension, hair color and extension and cut and all that stuff takes so long. Like, there's no way it was the same day as the party. What kind of extensions did she get? Were they clip-in? Were they individuals? Were they Individuals. Okay, so individuals, you guys, because I did individuals for a while, which I hate individuals because they look like spaghetti. Not on Anastasia. They look good. But I felt like they always looked like spaghetti on me. And you would sit there and it would be like a six-hour day getting those individuals put in your hair. Yeah. I'm pretty positive they were individuals we can double check with her but I'm pretty positive they were individuals yeah those were crazy and the weird thing about individuals is they would start to like randomly shed from your hair at different times so sometimes I'd be sitting outside at buffet like when we would have out outdoor buffet on Sundays and I'd be running my fingers through my hair and I would feel one start to come out yeah so I'd like wrap it in a little ball and like shove it in a bush behind me <laughs> They're probably still finding those in there today. Yeah, I was just like <laughs> shedding rat tails all over the place. They would like pull. Like I would have one that would like be pulling one single hair. Yeah. And so I would like pick at it and pick at it and pick at it to try and like loosen it up. Mm-hmm. And then before I know it, the whole extension is coming out. Yeah, because as your hair grows and naturally sheds, they would just start to loosen. Yeah, they're not that fun. But I thought her color looked so good. It really did. Then, so after she does the color, I liked it because it was blonde, but not like too blonde yeah I was gonna say that too like she's technically blonde but it's not like anything that looks out of the ordinary on her right it's still flattering yeah and then after she gets the hair the extensions and she has to go back in for the haircut so it's a really really long process mm-hmm. a long day but I like how they intercut the scene with Hef getting his haircut oh my god you guys this scene okay first of all way back in the day when the show first came out and I first watched this scene I thought it was really cool because I remember when we were being told that we were going to do a reality show one of the things I did look forward to was I thought it would be fun to see stuff that everybody else did during the day that I don't get to see like you at Barry's boot camp you hiking Runyon Canyon Kendra's massage school and in this case Hef getting his haircut because he'd get his haircut maybe like once a month or something and he'd go do it down in the library and I was just never there for it so it's fun to kind of see that yeah I feel like out of all the years we've been there I never once saw his haircut guy yeah no way and another thing I thought when I watched this back was they do an interview with his hairdresser and the hairdresser's like all leaning back and I thought the interview kind of came off or was framed a little like pompous like you know I you know just want to make everybody feel good about themselves yeah but then I felt bad for thinking that because I'm like you know what he's just he loves his job he's trying to like break it down to like the bare roots of like what appeals to me about this job but in the moment when I watched it I did kind of feel like the producer was kind of poking fun at him a little bit just because I know his sense of humor and I know what he's thinking. Yeah. But then, as we were watching this episode and reviewing it, Bridget, you alerted me to a podcast that Hef's old hairdresser went and did recently. And I went and I listened to this interview 
and I was so offended by it that I no longer feel bad about thinking his interview sounded pompous. And we're going to talk more about that on the Patreon this week. We're going to do a whole slumber party episode about that interview and what we thought about that interview. Um, So tune in if you're interested in that. Yeah, well, it's just because I was sitting here thinking when I watched this episode, that's so crazy that for seven years I lived there and I could not have told you who cut Hef's hair. Not only have I never heard of him, mm-hmm. not not only did I never hear of him at the mansion, like even hear his name brought up, but I would have never picked him out in a lineup. Like I would never have known who cut Hef's hair. So it was kind of insightful to watch this scene and watch yeah. it back again. And I had the same feelings. I felt like this guy's kind of like full of himself. And I thought, oh no, he's just edited that way. Yeah. And then, and I was, but I was curious, like, who is this guy? Like, how do you get picked to do house uh-huh. hair? And so I just did like a quick little search, and like, and then I found this interview, and I was like, oh, wait a minute here. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that you never met him because I don't remember ever meeting him either. Like, maybe I saw him in passing because what he would do was he would come up maybe once a month or every six weeks or however often Hef got his hair cut. He'd come in, walk straight into the library because there's a whole separate door that goes into the library. I think he probably walked straight in there. Hef would come get his hair done and then he'd leave. And he would come to the big parties as well. But a thousand people come to the big parties. Yeah. So maybe he came up to the table and said hi to Hef and I might have smiled and said hi back to be polite but I couldn't have told you who this guy was oh but he has opinions on this podcast yeah he thinks I'm a bitch apparently so that's cool yeah do you remember the haircut joke they used to tell all the time I I, it was more oh how Hef would say he's getting his ears lowered purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free see better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts oh 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 O'Reilly that one yes that's one of <laughs> like them. he would call it here haircut he's going i'm getting my ears lowered yes <laughs> but then do you remember the one dickie used to always say no tell me whether i said it to dickie or whether i said it to hef i would say oh looks like you got a haircut today and he's like not one haircut i got all my hairs cut oh my god i don't remember dun, that dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> every time and i'm just like okay the dad joke is alive and well at the playboy mansion so i had to remind myself every time i say it don't say got you got your hair cut i had to say oh you got all your hairs cut today. <laughs> That's funny. You had to just work your way around that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I do want to say with this scene, I feel like Hef is being a very good sport with this scene because granted a haircut probably didn't take very long, but I know Hef hated anything that felt like an obligation. So I can't imagine that he was ever super excited to get his hair cut. I'm never super excited to get my hair done. Me neither. I hate having to do salon stuff, no matter how much I love mm-hmm. the people I see at the yeah. salon. I hate going to do it. Yeah, I always take like a ton of homework or a book or something. Me too. And, you know, I just know Hef so well. I know that he was not, never loved doing anything that felt like an obligation. So for him to be sitting there and kind of like in a good mood for this scene, like I feel like he's being a very good sport in this scene. Yeah, they're bantering about peacocks and yeah. stuff like that. And he's making kind of funny jokes. Yeah, nothing too exciting. Speaking of funny jokes, in later in an interview, Kendra talks about what people wear to the Midsummer Night's Dream Party. And she says, two Band-Aids and a cork. And like that was Hef's joke he would say all the time about what people wore to the mansion. Obviously meaning like two Band-Aids over your nipples and a cork up your hole. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. I think I drew a cartoon of that once. In in commentary, Kendra says that people try and sell Hef's hair on eBay. What? 
They don't really. They didn't really, did they? I don't know. Where did they get it? There's only one place they could have gotten it, and that would be from the hairdresser who's collecting it after he leaves. Was she joking? I don't know. Oh, that's weird. I know. And then Kendra comes and visits. It cuts to Kendra coming to visit uh, Anastasia at the salon. And I thought that was kind of bad, too, because it gave away... The hair was the biggest transformation on my sister. And I feel like that gave away a lot of the transformation already for the big reveal later. Yeah, right before we get to the reveal, I have a few things to say about how I feel like this episode was missing something. Like, I know we like to talk about what episodes we think were well done from a storytelling perspective, which I think episode five, Fight Night, was well done I think episode 6 Operation Playmate was well done Um, I think episode 4 even though I love the Vegas episode and it might be my favorite episode of the season it was missing a weird beat toward the end and we'll get to it but I feel like this episode was missing a beat toward the end Interesting. Yeah, but I just thought it was weird that they gave such a sneak peek in there. And I know why they did it. It's because Kendra wasn't involved in any other way. Yeah, it really takes away from the final thing. Yeah, and then that's when Anastasia asks her what she's wearing. Mm -hmm. and, And she pulls out this little tiny... Uh, nipple cover. Pasty. Yeah, pasty <laughs> thing. She says she doesn't start planning her outfit until like a week before. And I... Wait, that can't be true though because that was a custom-made trashy lingerie outfit. Yeah, I know. But I they're, they're really trying to show the differences here because oh. the very, very first scene when I walk into Trashy, I say, yeah, so I came in here like a month or two ago and put in my order and like did the sketch and showed them what I was going to do. Now I'm coming back for like fittings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then it shows you going, ah, I don't know what I'm going to wear. I got to figure this yeah. out. And then Kendra's like, oh, I don't care what I'm going to wear. And then her comment is, whatever I put on, it's going to be hot. Yeah, it, it, they do that a lot. Like I noticed with separate episodes, they try to make us look like, how different are these three people? And you're mm-hmm. one extreme, Kendra's the other extreme. I'm somewhere in the middle. Then we cut to the actual Midsummer's party. And they show the seafood buffet, yes. which I love because that's just one of my earliest memories of going to my first Playboy party. As I remember seeing the buffet and how lavish it looked. And they had this whole seafood buffet on ice. And I thought that was so cool. And when Bridget and I were watching this episode and talking and stuff, I was doing some research into what like the later Midsummer Night's Dream parties looked like. Like the ones after we left, but before Hef passed away, like the early 2010s. And I saw a picture of what the buffet looked like and it looked so janky. Yeah. It just, it looked not even as opulent as like Hef's regular dinner in a movie on the weekends. And I was like, oh my God, I hope people don't see these pictures and think this is what I'm talking about when I talk about my first Midsummer Night's Dream experience because it was truly an amazing party back then. Yeah. So I love that Girls Next Door captures the seafood buffet (laughs) because that's, I don't know, it's just one of my core memories. And I'm like, yes, it does exist because I was sending Bridget this picture of like, wait, this isn't what the buffet looked like, did it? <laughs> and yeah. she's like, no. No way. And the seafood buffet is just a tiny part of the giant buffet. These yeah, there tables. was like a whole gourmet cheese section. Yes. Like, I feel like I'm kind of a cheese connoisseur from the mansion. Yeah. I feel like I took that away. That's one of my positive experiences. Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> so then it cuts to the scene. I'm in my room getting my makeup done. 
And I mentioned this at the beginning, but it's, it feels off about the getting ready part because this isn't the way it usually went down. There's usually like tons of people in the room. Mm. We were having some jello shots. Like the music was going. I know we can't have music. That's the other thing, you guys. I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but we cannot have music playing when the show was filming. Yeah, never. So it really takes the vibe away. I almost wonder, because I feel like these days, like when I'm alone by myself or in the car, I'm a big podcast listener. Like I still love music, but I'm not maybe as much of a music person as other people I know as far as like how often I listen to it during the day. And I wonder if that was kind of bred out of me by filming a reality show. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but... That's interesting. Because you cannot have any background noise going on at all. And I remember when we first started filming, that felt really weird. It did feel weird because it's just dead quiet. And then we're like, cameras are like, okay, now act normal. And you're like, but normally I'd be like singing around to the music and we'd be bopping around and stuff. And it just takes so much out of what you're doing. Or even the TV too. It It takes some of that out of it. So normally there would be music playing and food and jello shots and stuff in my room and Laurent and his assistant and makeup artists and Mm -hmm. all the girls and coming and going and in and out and this party just didn't show that now I know one thing was different I know Uh they took Anastasia and took her out to like the game house to get ready because they wanted the reveal so maybe people were just too spread out like maybe Mm -hmm. Laurent was kind of going back and forth or the assistant was going back and forth maybe the makeup people were going back and forth but it just didn't have that whole vibe that yeah. we normally had. And it wasn't just us. It would be like the playmates staying in the other bedrooms or the yeah. playmates staying in the guest house would come up and we would all like pre-game in your room. Yeah, Sarah would be really up there. Fun. Sarah Underwood, Carmela would come up there, Amber Campisi, like mm-hmm. Tiffany Fallon, like whoever, whoever was staying, Kimberly Holland, like my room was just like the hub for getting rid of all, getting ready for all the parties. So yeah, it was so fun. It was, it was weird. It just felt like I was in there by myself with a makeup artist kind of doing that. and Yeah, it seems very disjointed. Yeah. And we're just kind of talking in that scene about how much it takes to get ready for Midsummer Night Dream mm-hmm. from the outfits to the hair to the makeup yeah. to just everything. And they zoom in on my snake shoes. And I just want to say. Those are so cute. I made them. They were I gold. The snake I shoes. I'm not a cobbler. I wasn't sitting there cobbling the shoes <laughs> or anything. But like I bought like a plain gold pair of shoes and then added the snake and rhinestoned it. And I think we talked about my sister helping me rhinestone it in an earlier part. They um, turned out super cute. Thank you. I love them. And they show us all ready. And then they cut back to sh- a shot of Laurent doing your hair, I think. Maybe. But have I asked you to lace up my corset yet? Oh, not yet. <laughs> I have that. Holly says she doesn't want to just roll out of bed and have people say, oh, that's who Hugh Hefner is dating. Because we're talking about like, you know, how much it goes into getting ready. Yeah, it was always really important to me to look good because I remember my first impression when I came to my first Midsummer Night's Dream party, seeing the Bentley twins and they were just so gorgeous. Yeah. I just felt like everybody who's with Hef should like look that good. Yeah. And then um, it shows you trying to get into your outfit and you have this amazing Barachi gown. Yeah, since I didn't have time to make my costume, I went to Barachi and they had this amazing, it was like a corset with like a little extra fabric on it, basically. And I loved it. And it really, the show doesn't do it justice. Like you can't see from the cameras, like what it really looked like in real life. Like 
The lace fabric was so amazing. It was almost like a patchwork quilt of different beads and had these giant Swarovski teardrop crystals hanging off of it. And it was like a really light lavender color and it was so gorgeous. And they let me borrow it for the party and I loved it. It was really, really beautiful. I wonder how much that was. Well, I think our budget, you know, for a Midsummer Night's Dream Party was like $1,000. So it was more than that. And they're like, okay, well, we'll let you. I bet they sold it for like at least five grand. Crazy. Yeah. You probably normally would wear a skirt with it of some sort. They they also, because they made matching pieces like that. Corsets with like a skirt or something. Maybe, but I think it would look so tacky. Like, I feel like the only, like if you paired it with something, I feel like the only way you could wear something like that is for like, a lingerie party or a costume thing where you're trying to look extra fancy. I just can't picture what you would pair that with that wouldn't look ratchet. But this was the early 2000s. This was when people were wearing like the dress jean combos on the red carpet. So like I could I could actually see a circa 2001 Britney Spears pairing that with jeans and killing it, mm-hmm. but only Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, you are you have to put it on. It's like a corset in the back. It was and stuff. really heavy. It was very heavy and you ask for help and then they cut to me rolling my eyes it's in so the mirror bad but you're not really rolling your eyes it looks like maybe you have an eyelash in your eye or something and you're like having a spasm but they make it look like you're rolling your eyes like you're so resentful it's basically like a replay of like episode one when you like roll your eyes at crystal yes. even though you're not really rolling your eyes yes it's so ridiculous it's like they so here's my problem with this there is no drama in any of this time period right here no. that we were legitimately shooting and no drama at all and I feel like they just couldn't help themselves like they just had to create something there yeah like we helped each other get into our clothes all the time it yeah. was a standard no brainer that we we're gonna need help getting mm-hmm. into whatever we were getting into most likely yeah and there was no way I would have been rolling my eyes at, at this and I'm sure nobody really thinks that I was because and I'm basing that just on the comments that we've gotten in the past yeah people who are like no we didn't believe it and, and it's so exaggerated that. and bad and like not a real eye roll <laughs> yeah but I just can't stand it that everything in this this whole episode has been like such great camaraderie and like everybody getting along and doing this special thing for my sister mm-hmm. and stuff so the fact that they have to they just can't help themselves and they have to cut in an eye roll over something stupid just bothers me now it bothers me too and it makes me wonder wonder if the producer didn't realize even subconsciously that if he didn't create conflict between the three of us girls then where's the conflict on the show gonna come from because I've often thought about how they portray me in the first couple seasons how I have no personality no motivations other than half no nothing and I always wonder like what would have things been like if I would have been able to be more real with the cameras and they would have really got into it and I think that if the cameras were really capturing the real me, it would become clear real fast that my relationship with Hef was fucking dark. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And almost like if they don't create little catty things between us, then it would might be the girls against Hef. You know what I mean? Or that might come out. Not that we ever really felt unified enough, even when we were getting along, to be like girls against Hef. But I don't know. It's just something I think about. Well, I always thought back then, and I still think it now, that I think it's unfair that they tried to create drama between the three of us because I feel like the real drama wasn't between the three of us. It was just keeping up with the schedule and all the crazy things that we did. There was enough drama just in life itself. Or the drama was like Hef getting pissed at me if Kendra was late, which I talk about on the show. But I don't think anybody back then when they watched the show walked away thinking, 
uh, Hef kind of sucks. Like, why would he do that? I think it's more like people walked away like, oh, Holly's a bitch and she's just jealous of Kendra. Like, that's more how they made it look. Yeah. In commentary, you say that you got in a fight with the sound guy in this scene, too, because he wanted to put a mic on you and you refused. Yeah, I said absolutely not, because this is a really fucking expensive dress with, like, the most intricate, like, beadwork. Like, they could shove a mic down the back of the corset if they wanted, but they wanted to, like, clip it on. And I'm like, absolutely not. You're going to ruin it. And then I'm stuck on the hook. Yeah. For this show, I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> and I just want to say, too, later you changed because when I was first watching this, I was so confused. I was like, wait, she's in this amazing outfit. And now all of a sudden she's in like a really basic kind of boring well, one panty thing. Well, I pulled a Stacy Burke and I had to change because I was really uncomfortable because that, it was a beautiful outfit, but it was so heavy and so tight. And I was constantly terrified I was going to like ruin a bead or something and then be on the hook for this really expensive outfit. Yeah. In commentary, you say that you had to change because it was so humid and hot and heavy. And yeah, it really was. Had to get it off. But I was thinking the whole time, oh, that's such a shame because it was so, I know. It was that good. Like, I mean, I felt like as long as I got pictures in it, though, it didn't really matter. Oh, and I also wanted to give a PS here because there's an extra bed in my room. I don't know if anybody uh-huh. noticed it. And at first I was like, wait, what the heck? Why is there an extra bed in this room? And I realized, oh, wait, because my mom is there. But they oh. never showed her. Weird. Because she comes to see Anastasia's makeover. Mm-hmm. And she gets to come to the Midsummer's party. But it's so weird that they don't show her there and a part of any of this. Yeah, not until the end end. Yeah. So there's just this extra bed in my room. No explanation. We've never seen her, even though she's obviously been there for probably a co- mm-hmm. at least a couple of days. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's just at the party random and I feel like that's the first time you're even seeing her yeah because I don't even remember that she was there and watching this episode back I just thought oh your mom came down for the party cool yeah she just magically appears in the great hall also when we're doing this whole montage about getting ready you guys get to see the tanning beds that were in the gym and it's just Kendra getting her hair done but that was from a totally different day and then there's like all this stress waiting for Anastasia's entrance and Holly says she feels like she's gonna poop her pants poop my pants (laughs) but here's where I feel like the show is missing a beat and I feel like what would have worked really well and would have been great is we talked about on the last episode how you said that Anastasia got a spray tan after I took her to get waxed and she came into the room and it looked awful she hadn't washed it off yet I feel like that scene should have been put like right before the reveal because then it would have given this feeling of like climax like oh my god no that it's not gonna work but then she like takes a shower and then we get the reveal I feel like that would have made the episode a really good episode but as it stands now I'm like we almost like cut to the reveal too fast and I feel like there weren't really any stakes and I just feel like this episode is missing a scene yeah well and I think they shouldn't have given away the hair reveal yet it kind of ruined it because not that she doesn't still look crazily transformed when she walks into mm-hmm. the room she does but I feel like the hair was the biggest thing and they shouldn't right. have shown that yeah they, and you're right they absolutely the scene that they didn't show was the when I'm like oh my god this looks awful <laughs> and you know done done yeah. done this is not gonna work out and like why would they not have wanted that instead they have to make up a scene where you're like fake eye rolling at me right which doesn't even make sense I know I just don't know what these people were thinking like I know they had to throw this 
show together in such a tiny short period of time but I'm still like and of course it's easy for me you know 20 years later in hindsight to be the armchair quarterback and be like well they should have used this scene but I just don't know what they were thinking yeah (laughs) yeah and then um you say it's a countdown and I say I hate countdowns they make me nervous and I never really realized that before but I'm thinking to myself countdowns do make me nervous yeah it's like being on tower of terror right before it drops <laughs> oh my god i die do you want to talk about your outfit for a minute before we get to the reveal like what it was and what the theme was oh, I you talked about the shoe but you didn't really talk about your hair i know your right well i did kind of like a grecian goddess kind of yo- uh, yoga toga uh-huh. type thing it was super cute it felt right yeah and then okay finally dun 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 Anastasia (laughs) walks into the room and she looks amazing oh the reveal was just amazing it was such a good impactful moment yeah Kendra says we look like twins I say I'm about to cry Holly you say you were amazed and um, then they do side by sides of Anastasia walking through the door which I think was a great shot yeah like her walking through the door like at the start of the summer like just Uh normal and then her walking through the same door almost exact same way mm-hmm. all made up and stuff like you can really see the difference side by side like that and then you say oh you thought it was me yeah no she looked just like you and even when Hef walks in he legitimately did not recognize her at no. first like that's not a fake thing like he legit didn't recognize her right and she didn't end up wearing the boobs yeah <laughs> which I didn't even realize until we were watching this back and then um, she, she like totally loved all our reactions I know she said she felt like a princess oh and then you say too that Hef it says that said before that he before he saw her obviously uh-huh. that she's just gonna look like the same person with just a little more makeup on and you were like I think Hef's gonna be shocked what hair and makeup can do yeah which is hilarious because he literally walks in and does not recognize her but you would think if any guy knows what a difference hair and makeup can make it would be Hef you would think yeah but even even when we were doing our pictorial, like he just didn't know like how long the hair and makeup took and stuff like that. Yeah. This is random and coming out of nowhere. But did you know that back in the 60s, Hef would have a lot of the playmates go on birth control before they shot to make their boobs bigger? No. Yeah, he full on told me that. Because obviously like birth control was new back in the 60s. So I have to imagine there were less like generic versions and variations. Because now you hear people talk about birth control and it affects people in so many different ways. But he made it sound like it was just a no brainer back then that if a woman went on birth control, their boobs enlarged. And I don't think it was this every single playmate, of course, but he said he would often have the playmates like go on birth control before their shoot so their boobs would get bigger. Wow. Real healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he didn't know it was Anastasia. We had to be like, look at Anastasia right Mm -hmm. here in front of you. Because I was coming out of the bathroom when he walked in, and I think he thought that was her coming out. So he was like looking the wrong way. And then he was like, I'm confused. That's Bridget. That where is she? And she's like standing in front of him the whole time, and he doesn't even know. Yeah. I feel like in real life that that scene and we kind of talk about this in commentary, too. That scene actually took a little bit longer than it seemed it took in in the show probably like it almost felt sped up or like part of it was missing because it really took him a good minute yeah. to figure it out and in the scene yeah he he stumbles on it a minute but it, it really did take a long time and in commentary we talk about it how yeah something yeah. like part of that's missing like it took him a real full yeah. minute <laughs> like so we go to take a picture of you guys and Hef like sidles up to be in the picture which is what he would ordinarily do he loves taking pictures and I don't think there was 
anything inappropriate about how he's behaving that day. It's not like the galloping day that we talked about a couple episodes ago. But they add this screeching noise, like a car tire screeching when he sidles up to Anastasia. And I think it's really distasteful Mm -hmm. because when you watch it, it's that Hef is so desperate to get up next to the new hot girl. Yes, that's exactly what I have in my notes. so inappropriate and gross. Like, can they stop it and leave the 18-year-old alone? Yeah, that's exactly what I have in my notes. I'm like, the show, and this is not Hef, you guys. The show is trying to make it seem like he needs to be next to the new hot young blonde and that they want to make it look like Anastasia might become a girlfriend. Yeah, it's gross. And I'm just like, um, no, folks, no, that's not what's happening here at all. Yeah, so we were just saying, like, in real life, there's nothing gross about that scene. It's, like, very normal what Hef's doing. Like, he loves to be in the photos. And- yeah, and that's just kind of the way he sidles up for a photo. But the sound effect turns it into something else, and I don't like it. And I th- do think the show is trying to be funny. But it's not funny. She's 18. Yeah. But it's something it's not. And I just definitely thought it needed to be clarified in here, too. And I say, my mom is going to die. And uh, we all go downstairs and await Anastasia's big reveal. Okay. How nervous was she? I mean, we can ask her when she comes on the show, but I would be dying the way this is set up. I would be dying. And it's funny, when she walks out of the door, you see your bedroom door close behind her like a phantom. Like, clearly there was a producer behind there closing the door. There was a producer waiting to tell her exactly when to go. Yeah. Like they, and they were like, and go, and open the door for her, and then uh-huh. like shut it behind her. But yeah, I'm sure she was super nervous. She says that she was nervous and that she just wanted to go running downstairs and get it over with as fast as she could. Yeah. But um, of course, my mom is there. And then you say you might not. she might not even recognize her own dog. Yeah. And then we're all chanting, Anna, Anna, Oh, she must have been dying. No pressure. No no. pressure, Anastasia. And she does. When she comes out of the room, she looks shaky and scared. I would be. I'd be terrified. And did you notice when they're interviewing your mom how cute the background is? No. It's in your room, but they have, okay, it's the best setup interview I've seen out of all of Girls Next Door. And I don't know why they didn't just plop you there for your interviews. Because it's your room, but like over on the side behind your mom is like your vanity with like the Playboy Letterman's jacket draped over the chair. And it just looks so cute and so perfect. And I'm like, why didn't they ever do that setup again? It was so good. Interesting. Like maybe Kevin hated it because I know Kevin was super, super picky about those interview setups. But I thought it was the cutest one I've seen in this entire series. He was crazy about our interview setups. Oh, in Holly's world, it was a disaster because we did it on green screen. And God forbid you have one flyaway hair. Like they were literally pulling hairs out of my head. It was just like, and he would have hangups about weird things. Like one time I wore like a pair of chandelier earrings in my interview and he flipped out. (laughs) I don't know. It was weird. Well, Anastasia said when she came down the stairs, she just didn't even look around. And my mom goes, oh, my gosh, it's Bridget. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm teary eyed, of course. But I get that from my mom. But yeah. <laughs> and Anastasia says that um, this is the best gift she's ever gotten in her life. And she tears up. That's so cute. Yeah, it makes me so happy all over again. And even rewatching it, I was like getting all teary eyed. <laughs> yeah. So I, she says it was more than a dream come true for her because it was something she'd never even dreamt of. Like she mm-hmm. wasn't like coming to the mansion going, oh, I hope I get a makeover. Yeah, I hope exactly. I'm going like, to you know, do this too. And I wanted to talk a little bit because I think this is the first big party that we've shot Girls Next Door at. Do you remember when the show would film us at one of Hef's big parties, the actual Girls Next Door cameras didn't stick around very long, did they? 
I don't think so because they could always use John's footage later. Yeah, because Hef always had a personal videographer just going around and filming everything. And plus, like for Girls Next Door, like there's always music blaring at the party. So they can only like use the footage if they're like cutting cleared music over it or cutting voice over over it. So it didn't even really do us any good to be like mic'd at those parties, really. Like sometimes we were, but like what were they even going to get from it? And I bring this up because in that interview with Hef's hair dresser that we'll talk about more on our Patreon, the two hosts of the interview and then the hairdresser are talking about how like the Playboy parties went downhill and one of them goes, yeah, it was because they did that show Girls Next Door. That just overexposed it. Okay, fuck off. That's not what it was. I can tell you exactly what it was and why the parties went downhill. One was because Playboy was struggling financially, so they had to start selling tickets to the parties, Mm -hmm. which made it completely not exclusive. And Oh, I don't know what the numbers of the guest list were, but when I went back after I moved out to that one party, it just seemed so motherfucking crowded. Like, I think they maxed that place out capacity, which made it so let so much less fun and the other thing that made the parties go downhill was everybody had a smartphone on them because like when I first started going nobody had a camera phone you were not allowed to bring a camera in if you were found with a camera you got immediately kicked out yeah so it felt very private like the only person taking pictures or video was Hef so you just felt even celebrities felt like they could go and it would be totally private it wasn't because girls next door overexposed it first of all our cameras were barely at the parties yeah and even on the show like you see like little snippets of the Midsummer Night's Dream party but you barely see any of it and it's not like it made the party actually accessible to more people until Playboy decided to start selling tickets right like it's not because of us or our show at all so you can shove that one up your ass <laughs> can you guys tell how I feel about that interview well it's totally true and I am tired of people blaming girls next door on like ruining the mystique of playboy me and, too and, and I feel like it's, it's our fault and I feel like it's misogynistic because they want to blame it on the women like oh the women finally get yep. a little attention and a little bit of piece of the pie so that's what tumbled it and I can see how maybe if you're looking at that you know whole thing it kind of looks like oh well girls next door came and then it went downhill but it was not a cause and effect because of girls next door on any level right if anything girls next door helped keep things afloat yeah keep things interesting for a little bit longer like why are you blaming us it was hef who wanted to i didn't want to do this show going in it was hef who wanted to do the show as if we had any choice ever in the show yeah he was the one who had final cut he was the one who did it if you want to look at girls next door and say that was bad for the brand that goes back on hef we were just there doing the best we could yeah and it wasn't bad for the brand. It was probably one of the best things that ever happened to the brand. No. And I feel like there's such a wave of nostalgia for Playboy just from people who grew up watching the show. Mm-hmm. Totally. It, it introduced it to a whole new audience that would have never have given Playboy a thought before. Yeah. Even when I worked at the studio, there were so many women submitting their photos to be Playmates and stuff because they were inspired by the show. Yeah. Because, I mean, back in the 90s, you would see people like Anna Nicole or Pam Anderson or Jenny McCarthy. And like, that's what inspired me. But like a decade later, like people were inspired because of the show. Yeah. So they can calm down. 
And back to the cameras too. Do you remember? Um, so no cameras at all ever allowed at the mansion parties. Mm-hmm. But then do you remember like the first time Hef let us each have a disposable camera? And we tried to like take photos. I can't tell you how many times security came and tried to, or people that worked for the mansion came and tried to take it out of my hand and told me I wasn't allowed to do that. I remember you telling me that. I didn't have that experience because I wasn't really allowed to like walk away from the table too much. Oh yeah. But I'm sure if you were like walking around the party, people were probably like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it was just like, um, and I was just taking pictures of me and like playmates and friends. It wasn't like I'm trying to like saddle up to every celebrity that comes by. No celebrity pictures. I didn't even care. They like confiscated my camera at one point and like scolded me big time. Oh and my gosh. I had to go back and say something to Hef. Like they took my camera away. Yeah, that's how strict it was, you guys. Like nobody was allowed. Like even if like the Playmate of the Year walked in with a camera, she would have been like, nope. Yeah. You say, then the next scene is we're out at the midsummer party. You say that the, this midsummer was the best one because we had a really good group of people. And then we start wrapping up the season because this is the last, as far as we know yeah. at this point, this is the last episode of Girls Next Door. Yeah, they only ordered eight episodes initially for season one. So they have us give these like grand wrap up statements mm-hmm. as if it's like a series finale. And you go first. Yeah, Do you want to talk I, about your statement? Yeah, I say this summer has been a whirlwind the dream of being in the magazine finally realized I got to share it with my sister and now my mom at the midsummer night dream party and I'm just so excited about where everything's going and finding a new dream yeah so mine comes next and my wrap-up statement was just very very practical I was saying like my goals are to one day get my degree I want to have kids I think I say one other thing but I more dogs oh yeah and get more dogs which (laughs) I I don't think I did I think I was at my max of four dogs for a while I would get more later but but so I give these things that I want to do and they're all kind of things that I definitely want but are also things that I could conceivably do in Hef's world like there's no mention of me like wanting a career or anything like that but also I say in the interview I'm like yeah you know I don't know where any of this fits in Hef's world but we'll see which I felt like was a very real statement at the time but I remember after the fact after I saw the cut I started to get paranoid about it and I was like oh my god is Hef gonna be mad that I said that or are they setting it up to make it look like I might not be here if they get more episodes I started to get paranoid about it after the fact but I was being very real when I said okay here's the things I want to do and I don't know if that fits in in Hef's world We'll just see. Mm-hmm. Well, they also go on to say, have you say, some people say that th- I'm stupid for being in this relationship, but it's very rare to find a soulmate. Yeah. Cause I'm a, like, I'm not stupid. Like I'm aware that everybody's like capping on me for being in this relationship. And I think later on in the show, like I lean into it more and I'm more comfortable about joking about like kids and marriage, like right in front of him. And I think it's funny when he, they show us funny reaction shots and I was down to do that. I thought it was funny, but I think people take it way too seriously and they think I'm like an absolute fucking psycho. <laughs> But here I'm just giving like a very real statement that like I know people think this is crazy and this is what I want to do and I don't know if it fits in, but we'll see. Well, in commentary, you even say, which is just a year after we do this, that you don't like the way they cut what you were saying. I don't. And I don't know if it's that I don't like the way they cut it because I think it was pretty real. Like it was what I said. It's just I got paranoid about it after because after you see like the rough cut and I'm like, oh shit, is Hef going to be mad I said that? Because I kind of left it open-ended. Like I wasn't 
super committed to him. Like I do talk about like soulmates and stuff, but I don't make it sound like I'm super committed to being there forever. And then, and then I started getting paranoid. Like, well, are they using that and setting me up to make it look like I might not be here next season if we get another season? Yeah, because Anastasia's sliding in there, girl. Yeah, because so, <laughs> so like I feel like I gave like a very real statement, but then I started to get paranoid about it after the fact. And I was like, wait. But let's be real, too. The interviews are hours long, typically. Yeah, you don't know what they're going to use. And they you probably said all kinds of things as your uh-huh. wrap-up. And you were probably asked all sort of things about your future and what you, your goals are and what you see and stuff. And this is just what they decided to take and put into this last scene. Yeah. And it's, one thing I should mention, too, is I talk about wanting to finish my degree because I'd done three years of college before I moved into the mansion. But if I had, and it sounds silly, like, why would you drop out one year before finishing? But it would have taken me two more years of school to finish my degrees because I was a double major plus I transferred so I lost stuff when I transferred so it would have taken closer to two years but I very much still wanted to get my degree at this time and I used to have recurring nightmare when I was at the mansion that I was back in high school and I was getting ready to graduate and I discovered that I wasn't going to graduate high school and I would wake up like <gasps> like in a cold sweat and I think the reason I kept having that nightmare is I felt so much guilt about dropping out of college and about not finishing college and for years I was always like I have to go back and finish my degree and now I have no desire just because there's always so many other things I want to do and I came to the realization that like my whole reason for wanting the degree was because I wanted to like prove to other people that I was smart and now I just don't give a fucking shit what other people think yeah that's good yeah Kendra's drinking hypnotic and says she doesn't have a goal in life which I'm sorry. I know people talk about she's young or whatever. My sister is two years younger and has goals. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't have a goal in life? Yeah. She says she doesn't care about living in a mansion or Paris Hilton or fame or money. I just want to have a normal life. But that... Is that, not true. Yeah. And then they ask me about Hef's dream, like what I think like Hef's goal is or Hef's dream or whatever. And I say, well, I think Hef is already living his dream. Yeah, and then we had a break. I mean, this was this was like the end of it. Like they end it here and we did have a break between episode eight and before we actually start filming episode nine. Yeah, how long do you think that break was? I need to look at my scrapbooks because if there's anything interesting we did during that time period, I think we should talk about it in an episode. Well, in commentary, we say that we were off for a month. Okay, so we were probably off like all of August. Mm-hmm. And that we got to... Uh, see some of the episodes in mm-hmm. that time period that we were off like the episodes started airing and we were doing some press for things so we were starting to hear reactions now yeah so we were saying in the commentary that we learned a lot in that time period yeah and then so like in the commentary we're on the we talk about how we're um we shot then we were on a break then we shot those next episodes then we were on a longer break mm-hmm. and then and we're kind of like hopefully it's just a break at that point yeah because we never knew because they always threatened us that we weren't going to get picked back up yeah they always made it sound like we were so controversial and no advertisers wanted to advertise with us and that people were pulling their advertising because we were just so controversial yeah how did you feel about possibly not getting picked up versus getting picked up? Like, were you really hung up on it or did it not really matter? After, after just this first season, yeah. I think that I wasn't, I could go either way at that point. Same. I think I enjoyed doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know we're not getting paid so like if they want to keep doing it I felt like we should be getting paid Mm -hmm. and um, so it kind of didn't matter to me either way later I really grew to love it and I grew to feel like that the cameras were missing something if they weren't following me 24-7 and I started to miss it and I really wanted it more but at this point I was either way I was either or too I felt after we shot these first eight episodes I already felt like we had done so much more than any other of Hef's girlfriends and because I'd kind of been locked in this bubble for the past couple years of thinking oh this is all my life is going to be this is all I can do is stuff at the mansion I just felt like we'd achieved so much it almost didn't matter if we did another season or not but like you said later on down the road I would start to value it more because I started to see the show as an excuse to do things that we would never have been allowed to do otherwise like it was an excuse to travel it was an excuse to work it was an excuse to have all these opportunities Mm -hmm. but we didn't know that then because we weren't I mean by the time we finished filming this episode the show hadn't even aired so we didn't know how it was going to affect us yeah yeah and these first eight we don't really leave the mansion much no not at all so we're day trip to vegas (laughs) yeah and nothing's nothing in our life is really different because of the show like we're not getting to do it very much just filmed what we were already going to be doing like we didn't get to add things to it except the pictorial that was the only thing. Yeah. But I mean, well, I mean, they de- definitely did that for mm-hmm. the show. But I mean, like, we didn't we didn't know yet that we could add things that we wouldn't normally have done through Playboy to the show. To yeah. Get it done. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. Outside of Playboy. Yeah. So that is um, what we thought was the end of season one. Yeah. And we will be back with more stories about getting into the rest of season one because we're only halfway through. So we will see you guys next week. If you guys want any more content from us, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash girls next level. Yeah, you can hear us pick apart that last interview. Too. Oh, God, with the with the hairdresser. Yeah, we yeah. were going to go ham on that. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.